Hello and welcome to the September 11th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today, and of course, it's wonderful to be out there with you. I could not be more thrilled, for two reasons, to be away from my office right now. One, because I'm getting to talk to my audience for the first time in a couple of days, and two, because my feet are absolutely ice-cold freezing. I don't know what in the world it is, but it's something that I've dealt with for many, many years, and apparently I either have something called Raynaud's disorder or I just have a severe circulation problem with my feet and my toes, but it doesn't matter. Once the summer or the hot weather months have started to go away and it becomes a little more increasingly cold... Um, and, and it doesn't have to be much colder, just a little bit colder. All of a sudden, Mr. Joe's feet are like icicles, and it is the most uncomfortable feeling that anybody could possibly have. So I was excited to run to my car today, which is where I am right now recording this podcast, so that I could turn on the heat on my feet. <laughs> And I did not mean to rhyme that, of course. Um, That was not done intentionally. So I am comfortable now as I record and produce this podcast to my podcast audience. So at least I can say that much. In terms of my job, um, you know, I mentioned that I couldn't wait to get out of my office. And that has no reflection on the job itself. Because I have to tell you, I'm incredibly happy where I am. Um, you know, we use the phrase, one door closes and another one opens, and we were with, we together we experienced this horrible, disastrous turn of events in Mr. Joe's life, or so I thought at the time, and little did I know that it would turn into this, because had it have been evident to me that this would have been the end result, I would imagine my life would have been a heck of a lot more different during the time in which I had off from work. Maybe instead of being completely stressed out upon imagination, I would have taken that time as a vacation (laughs) to, to enjoy my family. Really? You know, I really, I just, not that I didn't enjoy them, but just to not worry about anything. But I guess that's life really, because when you're unsure, uncertain about your future, how else are you supposed to feel? I mean, we don't have a magic ball, so we can't look into the uh, future and recognize whether or not something is going to work out. But I'll tell you this. One thing that I have noticed is that for the most part, things that I anticipate to be absolutely horrifying in life, and they might very well be horrifying at that particular time 
and it feels like it's never going to end, and it's never going to be better, I could say with the utmost certainty that most of those things have resolved themselves, and the overall outcome has usually been acceptable, if not better, than the original position that I was put into. And and whether that's getting into trouble and causing your own trouble and thinking that it's basically the end of the world because you've ruined your life, once you get your life back on track and you start to do the right things, ultimately you pave the way for your future. And some things obviously are not within our control, and even more so those things more often than not, usually work out for us. So, while our lives may seem unbearable at times, and there may be many, many times where, especially with bipolar disorder, we don't even want to go on with life, it's ultimately there is usually a light at the end of the tunnel, and The one thing that I predicted time and time again throughout this process was that ultimately, hopefully, I will be able to look back on the events of my termination slash resignation and look at it as a positive thing. And it is certainly positive because I absolutely love my job. I really do. I could not be happier where I am. And I know that pleases most of you who listen to me because many of you have reached out to me to either congratulate me via email or on Twitter, and I appreciate that. So very, very appreciated. I have uh, an update on my children. My little guy, Mickey, 16 months old, um, has really started talking a lot. Uh, really using words. He's always been using words, but you really couldn't understand them. They were more babbling than anything. And even though he was babbling, they, they did have meaning, but it was always hard for, you know, to figure out exactly what he was saying. He was very good at just grabbing your hand and taking you to what he wanted. And now all of a sudden things are starting to come out of his mouth. Like this morning he told me to get up, <laughs> you know. Um, the other day he said the words brown bear. Because uh, he wanted the book. Uh, so it's it's interesting. It's really, really great to see that development happening. As for my older children, they are entrenched in their schoolwork right now. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm a little disappointed with a comment that my older son made the other day. He, uh, I fully expected him to try out for his soccer team at school, and I was really excited for him to do so, and not because of the same reasons that my mother would be, because my son is going to make it, because he's the best soccer player in the world, and I can't wait to go to his games and cheer him on, because he's going to be better than anybody. That's my mother's mentality. My mentality was simply exposure, something new, something to teach lifelong lessons, whether or not he makes it or not, and to accept the circumstances if he was to be cut and deal with it like a man, even though he's not a man yet, but that's what life throws at you sometimes. So, And just the overall fun of being part of a team. Now, he's part of a team for soccer for many, many years, but it's a different league. It's a traveling league, and I thought it would be really great for him to 
join a school team, and he seemed to be extremely motivated to do so before school started. However, the other day when I asked him, because he had a meeting about the team at school before tryouts even start, I asked him how the meeting went, and he said, yeah, it was all right. He goes, you know, I'm having second thoughts. I said, second thoughts about what? I don't know if I want to try out, because if I do make the team, then I have to stay after school for two hours, five days a week. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what on earth did you think was going to happen? And here's the moral of the story. I know why he doesn't want to stay after school for two hours every day. Because he wants to run home to that stupid, moronic, idiotic video game of his. And I am tired of it, and it makes me extremely upset that I have absolutely no control in order to monitor him during the week. It really, really upsets me, because I'm not there during the week. I'm working, my ex-wife is working, and quite frankly... I don't believe that she would put any limitations or control on it anyway because not only is his decision to possibly not play soccer a factor in this whole situation, something that has deterred him even more so is him and my ex-wife messed up the whole uh, physical process. There was a form that needed to be filled out. He never brought it home. She never inquired about it. So like two dummies, and I'm going to say it because it's like the blind leading the blind with my son. Sometimes I love him more than anything in the world, but, you know, he's not like my daughter in terms of his responsibility. And, you know, she's the responsible one. She's got her act together. And he's very, very smart, but, you know, he's a little little out there like my ex-wife. And put the two of them together and they'll forget everything. So, apparently, he doesn't even have his physical submitted, or at least the correct form. So, to top it all off, they are making an exception for him if he decides to try out, which might potentially include him having to try out alone. So, he's in no mood to do that. I couldn't blame him at all. I don't know if I'd want to try out by myself either in front of a bunch of coaches. But, you know, that's the circumstance, and that's very upsetting to me. And... You know, she's on a rampage, the woman. She really is, my ex-wife. I I just, I find it amazing how selfish and how inconsiderate a person can be. Now, listen, I have had no employment since July 31st of this year. I just started again last week. So that means for the entire month of August... I had absolutely no employment. Yes, I did get unemployment benefits, but I had no real income coming in, let alone the fact that the day that I was let go from my job, the very next day, I had to write my ex-wife out a significant check to pay child support because it was the first of the month. So there I am writing out my first check or the first of the month check for the child support, knowing damn well that that money that I am giving her is basically, essentially, all the money that I'm going to have for the next month. And it's gone. Goodbye. See you later. Now, thankfully, things worked out where I got some vacation pay sent to me. 
my parents allowed me to borrow some money, or at least they just gave me some money. But if I wanted to be a real jerk, what I was supposed to do was go down to my local government office of whatnot and labor and all that stuff and apply for a modification for child support so that they could take 25% or whatever it is, 28, 25, I don't remember, I don't even know what the percentage is here in Mr. Joe's neighborhood. It isn't cheap though, I'll tell you that much. Um, I could have applied to have a modification so that they could just take the percentage of child support out of my unemployment benefits instead of my salary because I don't have a salary, which would have made my payment to her significantly less, at least for the 1st of September. And I didn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I didn't even think of doing that. The only reason why it was brought up is because in the process of Googling unemployment, somehow, some way, an article came up about that. So I was led to read that. I'm like, whoa, look what I could do. And I didn't because she has a mortgage to pay. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I just didn't want to do it. So now she knows I just started a job last week and I finally got my life back together. And she also knows that I'm going to be paying $21,000 a year in medical benefits. So weeks ago, I had asked her if she would look into her job and see what it would cost to cover Sarah Lee and Junior. And if it was a reasonable amount, I would pay her the difference. I'd even give her extra money. I didn't say that to her, but I would, you know, just for the convenience of it. And then I would cover myself and Mickey and my wife because apparently at this particular place of employment, um, the benefits are a little bit cheaper when you cover less people. Right now I'm paying Cobra, um, I believe it's called, which allows you to take your old benefits. So with that particular program, it doesn't matter if I have one person in my family or 15, it's going to be the same price. But the, the point is, she never even followed up with that. So I had called her just to follow up and see, you know, get the answer that I knew I was going to get, which was just play dumb. And of course, I got that. So then she turns to me and she says, please don't hang up on me, but we need to talk about child support. And I said, okay, what do you want to talk about? I need more money. I said, well, I go, I don't know what to tell you. I said, if you want to go to court again, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I go, well, I would advise you to not want to do that because if you do, you're going to be very unhappy because you're going to end up getting less than what you were getting before. So let's not even go there. I find that hard to believe, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, I said, you want to want to figure this out? And sit down like two adults, you're going to realize that I don't owe you what I'm paying you right now. Or we could just leave it alone. And I really never got a follow-up answer. The only thing I got from her was, well, if that's the case, why wouldn't you want to take me to court to lower your child expenses? I said, because for the same reason that I didn't modify the agreement when I was out of work. I did what I had to do to make sure that I gave you what I had to give you. And I know why she doesn't want to go to court. She doesn't want to go to court. Because essentially, it will be no change for her. 
or at least she'll come out a loser in the end, as the pro rata, which which simply means that any extra expenses that are incurred, and that means medical co-pays, sports, religious instructions, things of that nature that are not included in typical child support, have to be split by the two parents. And because I make more money than her, mine was configured to be 66%, while hers was configured to be 34%. So I pay a heck of a lot more than her. She sends me a bill, I pay 66% of it. That is based on your salary. I know that she has since then made a heck of a lot more money than when it was figured out, which means the extra expenses would be close to even now. And she doesn't want to expose that, and I'm not a dummy. So, lady, just leave it the way it is. Cut me some slack. I just started a new job. My God, I'm not even a... I'm a week in, literally. A week today. And you're already starting about money. Meanwhile, you're living in a house that has my name on it, my mortgage, that you've already defaulted on three times... And I continuously let you live there when in retrospect in our divorce agreement, you asked for the house to be sold. And that's what's in our divorce agreement. But you were too lazy to go out and look for something for our children. So once again, I got you another modification. And now I'm hoping to God that she doesn't default again. So at least I can get my name off that house eventually. But I know that's going to be an issue in itself. So. I don't know. You know what? Back in the day, this would have really bothered me. But in the current state of mind that I am in, it's not really bothering me. I really don't care. I am stable. I am sober. I'm feeling okay. I I, I can't let these things bother me anymore. Why? I'll complain a little bit to you guys, and hopefully you'll listen. And that's all I could do. I can't worry about this anymore. I really can't. I treat my children well. I pay the exact amount that I'm supposed to pay and more in terms of child support. I do more than just child support. I could see if I just paid that and I left it alone. I do so much for my children and I don't need a gold star. I don't. I don't need a gold star. I'm supposed to do for my children, but you can only do what's within your means, and believe me when I tell you, I go above and beyond my means, not only financially, but emotionally, for my children. Now, you can never love your children too much. That's not my point. I guess my point is that I believe that I expend enough love for two parents. I really do, because I feel like they are lacking so much from that witch over there. And I know I don't I don't make fun of her or call her names very often, but she is an absolute witch. So speaking on my current state of mind, like I said, I am doing very, very well. I feel great. The only thing that I wanted to report on, and this is not an easy topic for me. It's actually a very sensitive subject, if you ask me. And I never thought in my wildest dreams that Mr. Joe would actually suffer from anything like this. But I have to tell you, and I'm just going to come straight out and say it. I am undoubtedly dealing with some sexual side effects. And I would imagine it's from the medication that I'm on. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, you don't notice things 
because you're busy getting well. At least for me. You know, when you're going through a hell of a lot of stuff and you're not stable and your meds are just setting in and you've been through situations where you're beating your head against the wall and you're yelling at your wife and you're treating your family like complete garbage because your bipolar manic episodes or mixed episodes are so severe that you're yelling and crying and acting in a way that Mr. Joe acted, you really don't have a whole lot of time for sex because either you've upset your significant other so much that they don't want to go near you or you're too busy trying to get yourself well and a lot of times during that phase it's very hard to concentrate on more than one thing. So I guess in the beginning I really didn't notice too much about what I was feeling but now that I am stable I'm starting to realize that there is no doubt that there have been some sexual side effects. And what I mean by that, and I'll be very blunt when I say this, is I am having very little desire to do anything. And that's not like Mr. Joe. Not at all. And maybe this, you know, and I'm trying to determine, because there was a time in my life that I more or less lived in mania my entire life, and I was so hypersexual. Honestly, that's all I could think about at one time in my life. That's all I ever wanted to do was form an emotional and physical bond with women. And I would do everything and anything to make that happen for many, many years. I can't even count the number of years that went on. Probably from the age of 14 on. No, 16 on. So is it actually the medicine that is dampening my desire? Is it because I'm too old or I'm getting too old at the age of 43. I don't think so because my friends are still well into what they do in terms of their sexual activities. Or is it just who I am? And because my medicine has stabilized me, is this just who I am? I I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I just, and I also don't know if there's something out there that would be able to counteract this feeling, if it is medically based or medicine based, it's it's a rough feeling because right now it's working. My wife is pregnant, and not to say that that is something that would stop somebody from wanting to have sexual activities, but my wife has had such a difficult pregnancy where she's basically sick all the time, that it's very hard for her to want to do anything. And I get that. She's sleeping by, you know, 8, 9 o'clock. She's out like a light. I'm home all day. I mean, she's home all day. I'm at work. So think about it. I get home 5.30. She goes out and works. By the time she gets home, we have dinner. She's out like a light. There really is no time for any kind of romance or anything of that nature. And even when we do have time, she's sick. She's throwing up. So right now I'm lucking out in the sense where I don't have to be in the mood. Because she isn't in the mood. But what happens when she gets better? And she is interested in messing around. I don't know. I guess maybe we'll have to see what happens. I just know right now that my desire is not there. And and that's not at all what Mr. Joe is about, (laughs) not based on my history, you know, it's amazing, talking about being in a position where 
things are not going right in your life. And because of that, you don't think about sex. You don't think about women. Don't think about physical intimacy. And when bad things are going on, you know, kind of like the job. Let's use that for an example. We're not even going to talk about mental health right now. We'll talk about the aspects of life. And if you want to relate this to mental health and having some kind of a mood swing, by all means, you could do that. We could use both examples. So if we're in the midst of a crisis in life or in the midst of some debilitating mental mood swing, such as, let's say, depression, I would consider that to be a bad time in somebody's life. And during those bad times, mostly we are in a certain state of mind. I know for Mr. Joe, we're nervous, or I'm nervous, I'm anxious, I'm skeptical about where life is going to lead me. I am, uh, you know, worried about my future, all of those things. Now, just to be clear, there are not bad things going on right now in Mr. Joe's life. As a matter of fact, I would say there are good things going on in Mr. Joe's life. My kids are healthy. I'm going to a gym. I'm working out on my body. And I discovered a job. A job that I love. A job that I I feel like I'm going to excel at. And I'm able to make money and take care of my family again. All the things that were making me miserable a month ago are now really, really having an effect on me in terms of the good feeling. And I have to tell you, here's what I find to be amazing. And I don't know if this is mania or if this is just human nature. I really don't know, but I'm going to explain to you what I feel. And what scares me is that this is the way I used to feel all the time. But we'll look at the positives and negatives of that in a second. So here we go again. Bad things, no desire. Good things, all of a sudden... All of a sudden, good things in life start to happen. And what does Mr. Joe start to think about? Well, he's not nervous anymore. He's excited. He's excited about life. He's excited to walk from his car to the front door. He's no longer skeptical. He thinks that he could accomplish anything. And here's the interesting, odd thing of all of this. I no longer want to lay in a bed and think about how miserable I am and all the mistakes I might have made. Instead, all of a sudden, Mr. Joe starts thinking about drinking. Starts thinking about the old times that he had fun in the bars. Starts to think about old college experiences. Once again, drinking and doing drugs. You know, reminiscing about what I thought was to be the best times of my life. Almost like flashes of scenes from my past life that included me partying like an animal and having no responsibilities, just entering into my brain nonstop and me being stuck with the visions of doing these things. All of which, by the way, once again, include being trashed out of my mind and high on drugs. So I say things can be so good. Life could be so good. Life could be so rewarding. Yet our minds are ready to mess it all up 
in an attempt to feel even better about the good things that are happening. Does that make sense? Things are good. Why do we think that if we were to do those things, drugs or alcohol, that it's going to make us feel even better and bring us up a notch? So that's why I bring the word manic or mania into the conversation because that's what Mr. Joe used to deal with all the time. I would feel happy. I would feel excited. I would feel elated. I would feel confident, cocky, good about myself. And I always wanted to take it a step higher. Because that high was never good enough for me. And that high was the high that used to make me want to run out and do drugs. Now, here is the positive about the way that I feel. Because I do feel like this. I feel like good's happening in my life. Yet I am willing to feel like complete crap. And what I mean by that is, yeah, I might feel good in the moment. I'll get drunk. I'll get high. I'll snort lines, I'll do all those things, but you know the come down and the depression in the following days is going to be absolute misery, yet we don't look at the long-term effects. We just look at what is right in front of our face, and that's feeling good or feeling better than we already feel. Here's the thing, and this is where I say to myself, Mr. Joe, you could talk about it, You could speak it in volume to your audience and let them listen and you guys can discuss it. But here's the good thing. You're just discussing it. You're just being honest. You're just talking. Because if you didn't have the control the way it used to be, the control that you have now as not only a recovering alcoholic and addict, but somebody who is mentally sound and stable, you wouldn't be mentioning a single word about any of this. You would be in your car, finding the phone number for whatever drug addict you can get in touch with, and you'd be racing over to get whatever drug that you can get your hands on. Probably be lying to your wife, telling her that you're at work, when really you're in a bar, Probably by yourself, too. It's not like you're doing anything in the bar, especially if you got no sexual desire. I mean, it's not like I'm hitting on women. Okay, I'll probably sit in the corner and just every half hour or so run to the bathroom and do lines of Coke. And then come back and drink and drink and drink and drink. That's what I would have been doing years and years ago, but instead now I can just speak about it, talk about it, still feel that way when good things are going on in my life but yet convince myself that ultimately bringing it up even a notch higher and feeling better than I already feel is pointless. Absolutely pointless because in the end, I'm going to feel like complete crap. And it's going to make things a heck of a lot worse later on. By the way, I apologize. If you're listening right now to rain and you hear little bumps and little poundings. I really apologize. It's not your audio. It's the rain that is falling on the window and roof of my car. So I really apologize if this audio does not sound like it normally does. So that's the story, everybody. I am. I I wish I could turn the key right now in my car and go to the nearest bar and get wasted out of my mind. 
and again, because good things are happening in my life and it makes me want to feel even better. Bringing it up a notch, going from hypomanic to manic. Mania stages or stages of mania. And that's essentially what it is. You start in that hypomanic mode and I had I taken action and gone up another level, I would refer to that as manic. Because manic, you got no control of what you're doing. You make dumb decisions. You're irrational. And I find it amazing that Mr. Joe's real indication of mania has always been when drugs come into my mind, drugs and alcohol. I think it's just incredible. And I I don't know if any of you are like that or if you can relate to what I'm saying, but I tell you, now I know why all those years I did drugs because Mr. Joe's mind was so screwed up while I wasn't on medication. I just needed a way to level things out. I did everything and anything to make myself feel better whether it was snorting cocaine, getting drunk, or essentially, if you really want to know the truth, last time around going on Suboxone for a second time, I could sit here and say it was because I had drug cravings. But in my heart of hearts, I don't believe that's the reason. I believe that Suboxone for me worked as an antidepressant. I really do. I believe it worked as an antidepressant and it leveled me out and stabled me out. The problem is, towards the end, right before I started coming up with the concept of quitting again, I believe that it started giving me too much energy, and that's why I believe I fell into a lot of self-injurious manic moments where um, the mixed episodes and the rapid cycling became so intense, the emotions became so intense the, the marijuana stopped working. Everything just stopped working to the point where I just had to flush my entire system and I knew that I did and I had to get on the right medications. And I think because I am on the right medications now, that allows me to simply talk about what I'm feeling in terms of the drugs and in terms of the alcohol, but thankfully not take part in those horrible hurtful, quite honestly, disgusting acts. So I am extremely grateful for that. If you are currently living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or potentially a drug addiction, I ask that you continue to support that person in the best way that you know how. And if you are fighting right now, struggling with a mental illness, really having a difficult time. I ask that you continue to battle as hard as you possibly can, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great day, and I'll see you again tomorrow.